This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. Oh, we got two days in a row, beautiful blue skies, sunshine, the rain has stopped, blown out, and things are looking real nice today. Hope to get out and do a little walk through the woods this morning. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, run on over to AffirmAmerica.com. Some good articles over there, as well as uh, 2,000 Mules is still playing over there with free of charge. Share that around to your friends. Voter integrity is very important, especially with the midterms coming up in just a few months from now. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Friday, July the 22nd, 2022. Let's start off with headline number five. Senator Whitehouse calls for Biden to create climate abortion legislation by declaring national emergency. From the National Review, President Biden is once again gearing up to utter a series of words that ought to inspire Americans to search in exasperation for their pitchforks. If Congress won't do it, I will. From the Wall Street Journal, my intention is not to describe paint drying in the Senate, but to draw attention to a party that since May 2020 has gradually disconnected from normal political processes. After Mr. Manchin withdrew his support for the climate legislation, citing opposition to new taxes and inflation, former Obama White House counselor John Podesta wrote that Senator had doomed humanity. Rhode Island's Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse took to where else? Twitter to liberate himself from Congress. Free at last. Let's roll. Do it all and start it now, Mr. Whitehouse tweeted. With the legislative climate options now closed, it's now time for executive beast mode. Under a new unchecked and unbalanced constitutional system called executive beast mode, Mr. Biden would declare national emergencies on both abortion and climate, presumably leading to an array of sweeping presidential enactments accomplished by Mr. Biden repeatedly producing his signature. Jeff Stein Democratic Senator Whitehouse from Rhode Island calls for White House to deploy executive beast mode on climate through unilateral actions. Does not seem like White House will be able to point to courting Manchin as a reason to hold off. White House has specific demands here, too. From Yahoo, our constitutional order deserves the loyalty of everyone who serves under it. So even if it's inconvenient for presidents to recognize that the exclusive grant of legislative powers to Congress is an absolutely essential part of the founders' design, they should be ever mindful of it. If that is too much to ask, at least Congress should be protective of its own role. Regardless, the balance between the presidency and Congress will never return to a more reasonable equilibrium until lawmakers of both parties stop cheering on acts of unilateral governance by the White House simply because they like the result. The problem with the Democratic Party, the the far left wing of the Democratic Party, is that they don't 
if they don't like how people vote, then they try to circumvent. It's all about power. It's not about the rule of law. It's not following the Constitution. It's how can we skirt around all these legal maneuvers to get in there and get our ideas pushed through, regardless of what the American people think. And this is the problem with the Democrats, is that they are all about power. They don't care how they get it, whether they cheat, they lie, they circumvent. It's just about getting their ideas through, and that's not how the Founding Fathers set up the constitutional system. There's checks and balances. that we ha- That's why we have three branches of government. So the presidency is just one, and he's not a dictator. He can't just come in there and say, hey, this is the way it is. Too bad, I'm signing a, an executive order, and you guys all got to follow what I say. That's not what the intention of the Founding Fathers had for our government. All right, headline number four. Disney changes the name of fairy godmothers in training to be more gender inclusive. Fox News. Cinderella's fairy godmother is apparently going woke, too. Cast members at Disney's Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique now would be called fairy godmothers apprentices instead of fairy godmothers in training, according to Disney. The change is an attempt for the theme park to be more gender neutral. Walt Disney World News Today shared on Tuesday. From the Daily Wire, per the park website, this makeover experience caters to young guests ages 3 to 12, helping them transform either princesses or knights. The Disney-themed blog, Streaming the Magic, described the name change by saying, This way, cast members that might not identify as female can still be part of the process to dress up and style the children without having to refer to themselves as a female Disney character. Well, I guess uh, Disney didn't learn their lesson from the last time they started going woke because their stocks fell considerably and they lost a lot of money and now they're just continuing to push this woke agenda. So what's up with Disney? It's, uh, again, the same thing. This is a very, very small minority of the population that see things this way, and they're, and they're taking this woke to the extreme by making it mainstream and pushing it down the throats of the majority of Americans that have no, no intention of following this crazy idea. Unfortunately, Disney's going to continue down this road, and for those of you that have young children, you might want to think, a second time about whether you want to take them to the theme park. Vote with your pocketbooks. And those that have shares of stock, you don't like what they're doing, you might consider selling some of that off and investing somewhere else. All right, headline number three. Los Angeles Unified School District provides blueprint for teaching queer theory year-round. Could be called Pride Year, Washington Examiner. The Los Angeles Unified School District offers schools and teachers a queer all-school year calendar and provides a blueprint for promoting LGBT pride throughout the year. Documents from the Los Angeles Unified School District Human Relations Diversity and Equity Office contain a month-by-month plan for schools to promote gay and transgender ideology to students in different ways. The documents obtained by conservative education activist and Manhattan Institute senior fellow Christopher Rufo encouraged school staff to support students in starting a GSA or Rainbow Club in August, prep for next year's Solidarity Week, and teach LGBT 
inclusive curriculum all year in September and post LGBTQ affirming signs in your office, classrooms, and around campus in December. Christopher Rufo, I have obtained a trove of documents from the district's Human Relations, Diversity, and Equity Department, which has created an entire infrastructure to translate the basic tenets of academic queer theory into K-12 pedagogy. Daily Caller, the standing with LGBTQ plus students, staff, and families run by school administrators taught local social justice engagement and gave out free gender-affirming clothing, the document stated. Teachers were instructed how students can be Muslim and trans and taught how to address different religious objections to gender theory. A trans-affirming calendar deemed queer all school year featured different pride events each month, such as the Students' Conference, according to the documents. The training program Queering Culture and Race promoted the abandonment of gendered expressions such as boys and girls. So Los Angeles City Schools, again, gone woke, gone crazy, and it's uh, California has completely lost it. That's why people are running from that state in huge numbers. And to think that Gavin Newsom wants to run for president in 2024, I don't think the American people want this type of California ideology spread nationwide. But this problem is just not in California. We're seeing this in schools all across the country. So uh, we got a lot of work to do. If you're part of the school board, if you want to run for office, lots of mama bears are out there running for school board office positions. This is how we change these far left radical ideas. Moms for Liberty is a great group to link up with. If you haven't checked them out, you can go to momsforliberty.com. And they're starting chapters in every state and teach you how to run for school board. That's how we fight back against this cultural revolution when it comes to these transgender and sexuality issues that are being taught in as little as kindergarten grades. All right, headline number two, House Democrats bring assault weapon ban to House vote. From the Associated Press, House Democrats pushed ahead Wednesday with legislation that would ban certain semi-automatic weapons as they considered their most far-reaching response yet to this summer's series of mass shootings. Democrats hope that the 100-page bill moving through the Judiciary Committee will pass the House before the August break. But that is far from assured because some moderates in the party, especially those from swing districts, are wary of a vote on broad gun controls before the November elections, especially when the bill has little chance of becoming law due to opposition in the Senate. Democrats can afford to lose only four votes if Republicans are united in opposition to the ban. Maine Representative Jared Golden, who represents a GOP-leaning district, is one of the few Democrats who have indicated a no vote. From Town Hall, Jerry Nadler, the presence of a gun in domestic violence situations increases the risk of homicide of women by 500%. uh, Representative Chip Roy responded, not if the woman's holding it. Daily Caller, Democratic New York Representative Jerry Nadler admitted a Democrat-led bill intends to confiscate guns in common use during a Wednesday House Judiciary Committee hearing. Republican North Carolina Representative Dan Bishop asked House Democrats if they dispute the fact that the proposed 
Legislation H.R. 1808, titled Assault Weapons Ban of 2021, bans firearms in common use throughout the country. Would anyone on the other side dispute that this bill would ban weapons that are in common use in the United States today? Question mark. Bishop asked. That's the point of the bill, Nadler replied. So when it comes to the Second Amendment, we just have to block all the Democratic uh, bills that come through. Their process is to take an inch, inch by inch approach. So every time a mass shooting happens or something that is big in the news, a, you know, a big event, then they always use it as a political opportunity to come out and pass some bill. And they do it incrementally. And the ultimate goal is to disarm all the Americans and to do away with the Second Amendment. But this cannot happen. This is, this is the very fabric of our Constitution. The very reason why we have the Second Amendment is from, to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government, like what happened in, in the British government under the king. King George. That's why the founding fathers came here for religious freedom and liberties. And the Second Amendment was the very key part. Now, there's this thing floating around. Well, the founding fathers just had muskets and they didn't have assault weapons. Well, that's that's absurd. It doesn't matter what the weapon is. It's the person behind it, whether it's a, mu- a musket or whether it's a assault weapon. It's the person that pulls the trigger that, trigger that has the problem. A musket's going to do just as much damage as an assault weapon will. So uh, they just want to ban all guns. That's their ultimate goal. And when they take an inch, they're going to get a mile. All right, headline number one. House Democrats halt GOP's bill blocking the sale of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve to China. Spencer Brown, in a vote on Wednesday afternoon, House Democrats shot down a GOP-led amendment that would ban the Biden administration and U.S. Department of Energy from selling oil kept in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to one of our nation's biggest foes, China. 219 House Democrats voted to block the bill from going forward as gas prices remain more than $2 more expensive per gallon than when President Biden took office, signaling again that Democrats are all in on their radical transition aimed at ending fossil fuels, no matter the cost to Americans. Representative David Valedo, I just requested a vote on legislation that would stop the Biden administration from sending our strategic petroleum reserves to China. Every single Democrat just voted to put China's national security over our own. So there you go again. The Democrats, they all vote in lockstep. There's no self-thinking. It's whatever the line is. They just vote, 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 except for Joe Manchin, he's the only one out there that has, he's a free thinker and he doesn't just fall in lockstep whenever the Democrats push some bill. You really have to ask yourself how many of those Democrats have been compromised with business dealings in China, where they would think that sending our strategic petroleum reserves to China is a good thing when the American people are suffering at, at very high energy costs. I mean, what's up with that? It's, it's a national security interest that we don't send petroleum to China. China is not our friends. They've proven that. And so the fact that the, the Democrats are willing to block legislation that would prohibit us sending our strategic reserves to China just tells you where they're thinking. Midterms are coming. Make sure you get out and vote. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Friday, July the 22nd, 2022. Thanks for joining me this morning. 
on the Affirm America podcast. We'll see you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it. 